So you've either heard or read about everyone investing in real estate and how easy it is. It's passive income and it's mailbox money. While you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to invest in real estate, whether you're working a full schedule or a 0.5 and trying to connect all the little pieces between actively investing and passively investing in real estate. Well, we're going to debate that a little bit on the show today here. I actually think there's no such thing as passive real estate investing, but stick around and find out why. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and thank you so much, so very much for being here. Really excited to welcome back on the show one of the smartest physicians, honestly, one of the smartest people I've ever met. She's an MD and a CFA, and she's a huge real estate investor and a multifamily syndicator. She runs the site rica.io, R-Y-C-A.io, and she is a frequent contributor to our own financial residency blog. She writes actually all of our real estate content. And if you haven't guessed it by now, it's the amazing guest, Dr. Kathy Carroll. Now, I highly recommend you check out her stuff, not only on financialresidency.com, because we've got tons of real estate stuff that she's actually helped write a lot of that, but also check out rica.io if you're looking to invest in multifamily syndications. I've invested in a few of those syndications myself. I'm a huge fan of them. And Kathy is an expert in the syndication area. Now, before we jump in the show, I don't want to forget, I'm hosting a live webinar on the 10-step process to creating a financial plan. Now, I've slotted basically an hour to do this. It's probably going to be about 40, 45 minutes long, and I want to save some time to answer your questions at the end of the webinar. I'm going to do two times, Wednesday, August 5th at 6 p.m. Pacific, and then Thursday, August 6th at 5 p.m. Pacific. It'll be the same presentation. I'm just offering it on two different dates and times to help try to accommodate all of you that would like to join us. I'll also mention a little bit about the financial fellowship because we are actually relaunching and going to have our third launch of the fellowship in early August. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go to financialfellowship.com. But I'd love for you to sign up and join me on the live webinar to build out that 10-step process of creating your own financial plan. And you can do that by clicking the link in the description of this show, or you can go to financialresidency.com slash webinar. All right, let's jump in with Kathy Carroll and talk all about active versus passive real estate investing. Kathy, welcome back to the show. Excited to have you here and not just reading about you on the financial residency blog. Thanks. It's good to be back. Uh, this is going to be fun because since our last interview talking about passive real estate investing, we had some cries out for the active crowd those that are actively working in real estate. And I thought, you know what, let's come back in and kind of debate a little bit about active versus passive, what that means, because most people might not know what that means. And let's see how we can duke it out and see who wins. So All right. on the active side, what are some of the ways that people could invest in real estate that they're just actively going to take their time, effort, and money? Sure. Well, there's four basic choices. There's the one that everybody's seen on TV, right? Which is flipping properties. So you find a deal, ideally off market, you buy it dirt cheap, you put in your sweat equity, and then you sell it for a big profit. It can work that way, but it is a lot of work to say the least. Oh, come on. Chip and Joanna make it sound so much fun. It does look great, but uh, yeah, without the camera crew and the interns to help, it's a little harder than that. You can wholesale, which not everybody's heard of. Wholesaling is when you 
kind of like a bird dog, meaning you go out, you find those deals, you tie up the right to purchase them, and then you hand it off to somebody like a flipper or an investor. And again, you can make money doing that, but it's very time intensive. Usually people that wholesale are people who they don't have a lot of money, but they do have a lot of time and a lot of hustle. Yep. It's the, I'm going to buy real estate with $0 down. And it's because they go up, they find a nice property, they put it under contract, and then they go find someone going, please, please, please buy this and pay me $5,000 more because I found this. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a hor- I mean, I get why people do that. I would be so frustrated if that was my day job. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hustle. A lot of work. It's a ton of work. They are hustling hard. Yes. I think quite little pay. And then, of course, there's development, although, Ryan, I think you have better stories about that than I do. Oh, gosh. Development. Uh, sorry, Dad. You know what? I should bring my dad on the show. He's such a good guy. But he's my whole family's done development for literally since before I was born. He's been doing it for 40-something years. Again, sorry, Dad, to throw that out there. But five, six million square feet now, I think, is what he's developed in Las Vegas. I mean, he's been doing it a long time. Development is so hard. Being able to, I don't want to clown it too much because there's just so much risk. The returns are insane, but the amount of risk is insane and the things that can go wrong and how things can get hold up. Now we're talking about development. Like if you're going to go off, buy a piece of land, improve the land, put a building on it, whether you're going to have your practice there or you're building some small commercial and going to flip it, whatever it is, it could be a pad, which would be like if you're driving by and you see a Chick-fil-A on the corner, that's a pad, right? They went and they bought the land. Then they probably ended up leasing it out to Chick-fil-A on a triple net. But anyway, development is just really, really tough. And I love my parents, but I could never, ever, ever do that for a living full time. It's just so much work, so many moving pieces. I bet you 30 years into it, my dad's still, you know, 40 years later, he's still learning stuff for it because it's just so many things involved. I don't recommend that piece of active investing for anyone. No, that's definitely not real estate for beginners. No, that is not even real estate for experts. There's so much money that moves. And, oh, ugh, give me anxiety, Kathy. Tell us how you really feel. I love it. It's amazing. Uh, and then the the last way that, and this is the one that I think most people do, is buy and hold, which I've done, you've done. There's a lot of advantages to that. You get to build some equity in your property by having somebody else pay it off. You get some cash flow. You can get some tax advantages depending on how you do it. And plenty of people have made money with buy and hold properties, whether it's single families or multifamilies. So I don't know about you, Kathy, and you don't have to talk on it really. I mean, I want to throw you under the bus here if there's anything you don't want to, but I can dig into mine a little bit. And I can say in the beginning, coming from a real estate family, like I've been around it, I know that tons of people have made money, lots of millionaires from real estate. And there's a lot of different ways to make money in real estate. And so one of the things that we have done is we put our money aside in our 401ks, our 403bs now, Taylor's TSP, we max our IRAs. We don't have an HSA because of Taylor, which is totally fine. You don't have to. I think they're great vehicles. And we save in a taxable account. I'm putting more money into our mortgage as kind of a bond proxy, if you will, not a huge amount, but I do pay a little bit more. And then we've invested in real estate. And I was in the camp of like, well, gosh, I'll just 
I'll buy 10 houses over a 10 or 12 year period. I'll have renters be paying me more than my mortgage and expenses. And eventually I'll just snowball them into one payment, pay that down, then snowball it out. I'll be left in, let's call it 16 years with 10 free and clear homes. And oof, I can retire. I'll be super happy. This is the way I was thinking like, God, what is this like seven, eight years ago now? And we have bought and sold, I don't know, probably more than a dozen houses, probably close to 20 now. And we still own six, whether it's Taylor and I individually or with my mom and my brother that I help manage. And I have, over time, realized that I am not cut out for owning 20 homes. Like that is not where I want to go with myself. I don't know about you because I know you invest there, but I love buy and hold and I hate buy and hold at the same exact time. I think that's a really good description. And it's not that buy and hold doesn't work. I do still do some buy and hold deals, but I've found that perspective is everything, right? It's all about where you are in life. Earlier when I was doing that, I had more time than I do right now. And it seems like every week I have less time than I did the week before. So I still love it. They're still kind of like potato chips and it's really hard to just buy one or two or 10. I am going to buy more in the future. But right now, I think my time is actually better spent looking at more passive real estate investments. That's awesome. It's like potato chips. That makes me laugh because it's totally true. We bought primary house in San Diego when we moved down for fellowship. We ended up flipping it really quick. Then a couple of years because the market went nuts, we bought a couple of rentals in Vegas because that's where my whole family is. And it was like, you couldn't just buy one. It had buy several, right? We were already saving and doing the rest. So I'm not saying like we rated our 401ks, which I don't know why people are thinking that's a good idea now with COVID and all the changes. Like, please don't do that. But, you know, we were investing correctly, but you can't just buy one. But I realized, yeah, time is so hard. And unless all of you want me to stop podcasting to dedicate more time to real estate investing, I just don't have it. So I am a fan of passive real estate investing. The last time we had you back in June talking all about passive real estate investing, we really went through REITs and we went through real estate ETFs and we talked about syndications. And I think if you want, go listen to that show. It was a great show that we did on those. But let's dive a little bit more into syndications because if people are going to be buy and hold investors, they're not buying with 50 or 100 or $500. You're putting some good chunk of change, 25, 50, 75K down to buy a house and have more active management. Let's talk on the passive side. So if they were to go and invest $50,000, let's say, in a syndication, what does that look like? Well, the first step is deciding how much you want to put in, which is something that you and your financial planner should sort out. And then the second step is, you know, they could certainly contact me and I'd be happy to walk them through what their options are. So that second step would be you decided how much you want to spend, how much you want to invest. Now, what fits your risk tolerance? What kind of a syndication would appeal to you? So multifamily is the one that most people are familiar with. So they could reach out to me and I could hook them up with one of the amazing GPs or the sponsors that I've worked with so that they know they're working with someone reliable. And multifamily, I think we should say, because we talk a lot and reference a lot of different industry jargon and lingo across the board. Multifamily, we're just talking apartments. Right. This isn't some exotic, crazy thing. I mean, we're talking apartments. It's just what they're called. And so you had mentioned GPs, finding a GP with them. So they're looking at how do they go through and make that? They've Hey, look, we've decided we want to, because not everyone works with a planner. Totally cool with that, right? But you decided, hey, I'm going to invest $50,000. I want to go into 
an apartment building. I want to be a limited partner or an LP. What does that process look like? If someone calls you, what does that process look like if they're going to go through a, a syndication? So the next step would be to choose the syndicator or narrow it down to a group of syndicators. So you would choose the syndicator and then find out information about their upcoming deals. Once you do that, you can what's called a soft commit, which signals that you're interested, but you're not quite ready. And you shouldn't be ready until you get a chance to really get the details. So once you've expressed some interest, then the syndicator will give you access to that info. So what exactly they're buying, what their plans are for it, they're financing all the information you could possibly want to know. And so if they're going through and said, okay, I've gone through, I'm not, please don't commit right away either. Like you need to make sure you're doing your due diligence. You're looking at the properties, you're vetting the syndicator, you're vetting the GP, everything looks good. And you make that passive investment. How does someone know which investment strategy would be right for them? I think the strategy just depends on a couple of things. So first, how much time do you have? So suppose you want to invest in real estate and you're torn, you know, you've been watching Chip and Joanna and you don't know if you want to do active or passive. I think you have to look at how much time you have and not how much time you want to have or you fantasize that you have, but how much time you actually have. If you can't carve out five to 10 hours a week, every week, you should not be doing any kind of active real estate investing. Because that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is it can become a full-time job if you do it heavily or you do it badly. So the first thing is time. Most of the physicians I know have zero time or it feels like negative time sometime if that's possible. The second thing is how much effort you want to put into it. And again, everybody thinks they're willing to put in a lot of effort. But if you're eating dinner with your family, are you willing to be interrupted for a call that a toilet is overflowing? If that is a hard stop for you, then again, maybe active investing is not the way to go. And the third thing is the risk, right? If you invest passively, the most you're going to lose is what you put in. So say you put 50000 into a syndication. Worst case scenario, you lose 50000 in a syndication. But if you buy a money pit, speaking as someone who once owned a money pit, you can lose a whole lot more than what you put in for a down payment, especially if there's anything really nasty that pops up like legal issues or contamination, fun stuff like that. So the risk is the third thing. So time, effort, and risk. That's how you should choose. And risk is a really big deal, right? We talk about in stocks and bonds, like there's a risk. There's the need to take risk, your ability to take risk. There's a whole subset, if you will, a, a different type of risk when you're talking about real estate investing and really just are you cut out for it? And to be completely honest, most people are not cut out to be active real estate investors. It looks fun. And I think all the TV shows have really made it seem a lot more glamorous and fun than it is joking aside, but I really think it's a tough thing. We've done it a lot. My whole family isn't. So I've seen every bit of piece of real estate and they're making careers out of it. And that's what they love doing. And that's totally cool. That is not what I love doing. That is probably not what you love doing since you are a physician. You're married to one, right? You can talk about, well, maybe you look at real estate professional status. We had Kinji and Leite on talking all about that in early June about one of you going real estate professional status and offsetting it, which is a cool thing. I know, Kathy, you've really tried to push your significant other in that direction, but uh, maybe not working out so hot. But uh, when you look at 
the risk. It is something that you truthfully have to sit down and be like, oh, that seems fun. I'll do it. No, no, no. Like really think through this. One thing you said was the level of effort. And if someone interrupts you at dinner with a toy or whatever, now there's property managers that you can get involved, but you got to vet the property manager, make sure they're not one incompetent. They're not going to steal from you. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to actually take care of your property. They will be taking probably 10% of your gross rents to do that. So that, of course, eats into your returns. And just speaking from the, I've invested in real estate. I've also invested with Kathy and in their syndication deals. I can tell you one is a lot more easier than the other. And I have been extremely busy and just leaning towards more syndicated stuff. That doesn't mean I will never not be a buy and hold type of person, but there is a lot of work and I have property managers. So really be honest with yourself with the amount of time that you want to put into this stuff. Kathy, is there anything that we maybe missed on looking through whether which one's the right strategy or is there anything that we'd like to maybe cover off the passive side? I think the main thing is just people have to be honest with themselves. You know, I think real estate is a fantastic investment. I definitely invest heavily in it, but you have to be honest with yourself about what the right way is for you. If you've been for years listening to Bigger Pockets and reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and you've never pulled the trigger, that's probably because you don't want to. And that's okay. If your appetite for risk doesn't match that, that's totally fine. There's no reason everybody has to go out and actively own real estate. There is plenty of money to be made by investing passively. And I would definitely love to help my fellow physicians discover that because I feel like it's something they've been missing out on. Yeah. So tell us just a little bit more about you, where they can find you. Obviously, we've mentioned it a bunch before, but you write for us at Financial Residency. You write all of our real estate stuff. And if you guys want to check it out, I encourage you to go to financialresidency.com and go click through on our real estate section. And you're going to find all the amazing content that Kathy has voluntarily written for us in between all of the work that she's been doing. But where else can they hear more and find more about you? My website is rica.io. It's R-Y-C-A.io. And that is more syndication specific stuff. But I'm also happy to chat with anybody about anything real estate and they can reach me through the website. Yes. And Kathy is extremely brilliant. I will give you the props that you deserve as an MD, but also as a CFA, which is incredibly difficult to get and it means you're incredibly smart. So that's super cool. You're willing to talk and help with other physicians. Thank you so much for being on. And I encourage everyone to make sure that you check out Kathy's contributions. And she's also in our community. If you want to tag her in our group, if you're not a part of our community, join us at financialresidency.com slash community. But Kathy, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate having you back. Thanks. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I know that there's a lot of information there. We go through tons and tons of different things. And I'm curious if you think there actually really is passive investing or if it really is just active and then eventually becomes somewhat passive. It's kind of how I feel it is. But hey, you know, it's open to interpretation. So Switching to one of my favorite segments that we do on the show, I try to keep this going every Monday so you can get a little behind the scenes look at what we're doing as a community. But for our quick community update, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to be running a live webinar on the 10 step process to building a financial plan. And I'm going to break it down step by step so you can get a clear picture on the process of building a financial plan so you can actually start to put your own plan together 
right away. I want to see some action from those that come to the webinar. So like I said, it's going to be about 40, 45 minutes long. And then I want to save some time to answer your questions at the end. So I'm offering on two times free live webinar. You can join it at financialresidency.com slash webinar, or you can just scroll up, click the link of the description of this show that you're listening to right now. And the two times are going to be Wednesday, August 5th at 6 p.m. Pacific or Thursday, August 6th at 5 p.m. Pacific. So I really hope to see you guys there. I know you're going to get a ton of value from it. We're going to go over that 10-step process to building out a financial plan. And before we end the show, always time for that important disclaimer. Please know that this is educational. This is not to be true financial advice. So take everything, not only that I say, but honestly, everything on the internet as education. Do not put anything to action unless you were consulting with your CPA, your attorney, or your financial planner. If you're looking for a financial planner, Physician Wall Services, my firm is a fee-only financial planning firm specifically for physicians. And we would love to work with you. We're fiduciaries, we're nationwide, and we'd be happy to help you achieve your ideal life. So reach out to us at physicianwellservices.com. You can book a free call and just have a nice 15-minute chat with me on what your financial goals are and see if we might be a fit. All right, everyone, have a great week, and I will see you on Friday. Cheers. Cheers.